following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. Well, hello, Love City. <clears throat> I am Steve. I will be uh, your speaker for this evening. I am uh, honored and uh, both grateful to be here to to be able to speak to you on this occasion. Um, I'm not going to be too long on it. Uh, I know that a lot of us are gathered around in certain places at our homes and certain situations. So um, if you like my house, we have kids running around all over the place. And so the attention span is running out very quickly. So um, <clears throat> the good news, though, is I've heard I had a um, very soothing voice so if you are listening to this and your kids are listening to this this may put them to sleep so you don't fall asleep but let them <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we'll be <laughs> we'll be doing this we're gonna we're finishing up the series of proverbs for the time right now proverbs four um we we've been going through the first four chapters of proverbs um i'll be finishing the tail end of proverbs four right now uh, so if you got your Bibles, if you got your devices with you, please turn with me uh, to Proverbs 4, uh, chapter, chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, we'll go on to 27. <clears throat> While you do that and get situated, uh, nope, you know what? Nope, we're just going to get into it. Y'all got your stuff? Let's go. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and read. So Proverbs 4, 14 through 27. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not proceed the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil and they are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter into the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Amen. So praise God for his word. Um, Going right in, we're going to start right there with the first few uh, uh, verses. Sorry, get my words out here. <clears throat> Let me clear my voice. <laughs> Is y'all right? All right, here we go. Uh, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not proceed the way of evil men. Avoid it, do not pass by it, turn away from it and pass, turn away from it and pass on. Uh, I wanted to stop there for, for, for good reason. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to come at this thing from three different ways um, leading us to the same place. I'm going to deal with perception, deception, and an interception, okay? Um, first thing we're going to tackle is this perception. I'm going to use that for these first few chapters, I mean, for these first few verses. Uh, the perception, do not enter the path of wicked, do not proceed in the way of evil men, avoid it, do not pass by it, turn away from it and pass on. Them do nots right there, 
that I hear, it, it reminds me of a lot about of me before I come to Christ, right? Um, the way I perceive the Bible was that way. My perception of the Bible was, was basically this list of commands of what I cannot do, okay? So when you have that kind of perception towards anything, right? If you have that kind of perception towards any kind of instructions you get in your life, right? It would, it would make you do is you would actually not want to deal with it. You would, you would push back from it, right? Who wants somebody nagging them all the time about what they can't do, right? And so that was my, my initial um, response towards how I perceived the Bible. I didn't rece- perceive it as the word of God. My perception was thrown off, okay? So it was not life-giving. It was not life-breathing. It was not God-inspired. So how I approached it was I basically stayed away from it. I stayed clear from it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tackle our perception first before we go into the rest of this. So here, here's the deal. Most people will tell you um, what they know of the Bible, whether they're a believer or not. They'll tell you um, they know of the Ten Commandments. Okay. I'm at home. I'm preparing this sermon. I'm, 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 I've been working on it for uh, quite a while, so I'm not going to tell you how long because if I disappoint you, I may disappoint you <laughs> if I do that. So, I'm, I'm, but I'm, uh, I, I often use my, my, my family as a, as a bumper. So I, I was talking to my older two, uh, my teenagers, and I was asking them about the commandments, and they begin to list all these commandments. Now, I thought I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to catch them in something, right? Because they're, they're listing out the commandments. And, of course, they're starting what we do, right? We do the do nots first, right? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not, right? We do that, right? And so <clears throat> I'm listening for them. And, and so they start coming with, you know, oh, dad, keep the, keep the Sabbath day holy. And, uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, 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 I'm telling you, your kids will teach you a lot, right? It gets me back into the Bible myself. I know the Sabbath day holy is in there, right? But I had to get in there because what I was listening for was something that I remember what Jesus said, right? Jesus says the greater of all the commandments, right? He's, he's talking about the greater of, the, of, of all the commandments. He was saying um, of all the commandments, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your, with all your uh, strength and with all your, your soul. Yes, I got my S's in there. With all your heart, I wanted to say heart, mind, body, and soul. So, <laughs> but anyway, so you, we get that, right? This is the first one he says, and then the next one he says, he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, okay? But I'm listening for that, and they're not saying that, and so I'm like, oh, what is they doing? What is they, they don't know what they, what, what are they doing? They don't learn anything, right? So I had to get in there, and I had to realize that in the Ten Commandments in the Bible, what Jesus said is not there in the Ten Commandments as far as how the Bible you know, the little titles you see, right? So that threw me for a second. I was troubled. I wrestled with it. So I reached out to a few brothers. I, I talked to uh, one of my pastor. I also talked to another brother uh, who, who also ministers here, uh, Brother Andrew, and I, I got to talk with him. And here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the good fun fact, if you want a fun fact, right? There is actually, there is actually 613 commandments in the Old Testament. 613 commandments. Our perception is off if we're only looking at the Bible and the commandments is 10. That's a bad perception. Now, how does that, what are you saying, Steve? How does that fit right here? I don't understand. Okay. Let's think about what's going on with Jesus. Now, if you don't know that story, I got, I got it for you right here. Mark 12, 29. If you want to turn there, that's fine. If not, 
It's right here. I'm just going to read what's going on. All right. Here's the deal. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing. Now, I'll fill you in what that's about in a second. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he answered them well, that he being Jesus, he answered them well. He asked him, he said, what commandments is the foremost of all? Jesus answered and he said, the foremost is hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In Matthew 22, it says the same thing, very similar. But however, what Jesus says on this one, he says, state the second one is just like this. If you love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments, depend the whole law and the prophets. What is he saying there? Jesus is basically telling you. And the guy who asked him, look, if you read on in Mark, you'll you realize the guy that asked him kind of knew that already. He, so he got this. Jesus credited him for that. But then he hit him with a kicker. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But the, the, the purpose of this, Jesus is saying, listen, he didn't pull those out of the Ten Commandments that a lot of people are dealing with. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these people are law keepers. They are record keepers. They know the law. He knew there was way more than just ten. So that, that wasn't a confusing part for him or Jesus. OK. But Jesus made a point when he said this. He pulled those out and said, the rest of them hang on these two. If you're doing these two, notice what I said. If you're doing, not 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 doing, not thou shalt not. Okay. if you're doing these two. The rest of them are covered. That's the beauty of it. The perception of Jesus Christ is not what you can't do it's what you can do. He's pushing us to do something. Now, don't get me twisted. The thing he said, without Jesus, we could not do. We can't love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. We can't do that. But his perception is pushing us towards doing and not what we can't do. Okay, the way you see him sweep up his disciples, he's more about what they can do and not what they can't do. These disciples were people that was already rejected. They were at, they were at found working in the workplaces. That means they could not do what they really wanted to do. The, the, the thing for the Jewish tradition at that time period was that uh, this big disciple phenomenon going on, correct? Right. This big disciple phenomenon was, can I, can I be that? Can I be a disciple? Can I get a rabbi to pick me, choose me, pick me up? Right. So when Jesus comes along to these guys, I don't, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but when Jesus comes along to these guys, you got to realize these dudes are rejects. And when he calls them, they have already been considered rejects, but he calls them to him and say, follow me. That's why you see the, the, the response from them is I drop everything immediately and go. Yes. They was already rejected, but Jesus wasn't dealing with them in that format. He was dealing them with you can come follow me. You can come with me. Amen. You can be my disciple. Yes, so we got that. Jesus has a different perception from what we have. Correct. <clears throat> Give me a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's go back real quick to the scribe where he's talking to the scribe. Immediately he follows and he tells the scribe his response. He tells the scribe, the scribe kicks off this thing. He talks about the intelligence of uh, Jesus talks about the intelligence of how he answered it. Um, <clears throat> the scribe, he got it right. And what Jesus tells him next, he says, listen, you're not far from the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus tells him. But the very next thing that Jesus does is he begins to break down the, the theology and the thought process of the scribes. 
Did you see that? Jesus challenges the things we think on. The whole point of that, the perception, why he's challenging our perception, you've heard it. Jesus comes in, he says, you have heard this, but I say this. Okay? The reason why he's doing that is because we, even if you're not a believer, you have to understand this. As believers, definitely, we have to train our thoughts into the mind of Christ. We have to be moving under the mind of Christ. Okay? Don't take my word for it. Don't worry about it. I got scripture to back that. I'll, I'll give you scripture for that. Okay? 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. <clears throat> for though we walk in the flesh, this is Paul writing, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay? We are, we are living after a mindset of Christ. When you, we all know the, um, uh, the scripture where it goes, you know, be you not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewal of your minds. That's what it's talking about. The renewal of your minds is we need to bring our mindset into the mindset of Christ. Okay? All right. That's our perception deal. All right? I'm sorry about that. That pause. I hope we can clip that. <laughs> okay? Uh, that's the perception deal. Um, so that leads us into, into, into a few things about deception, I mean, about this perception deal, okay? Um, when we're looking at the do nots and the things, when you continue on, and I'm going to go back to my spot. When you continue on from there, it says, for they cannot sleep unless they do evil, and they are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble, for they eat the bread of the wickedness, and they drink the wine of violence, okay? When you continue on, you, you, you'll understand this thing. Listen, this is a lot of instruction, Okay, these are warnings and cautions, okay? Um, basically, I know a lot of us right now with the COVID situation going on um, are, are probably filled with instructions going on right now, right? Uh, rather, you're sitting in the house with your children or wherever and you're playing board games. It's coming with instructions that you have not seen in ages, okay? Uh, rather, um, somebody is trying to get you to tag into the Zoom account and you're... Not you're like me, right? You're not social media, nothing. Okay, we don't. I don't really know how to do none of that stuff. And so what happens is I got to follow a list of instructions to get on to this thing. Okay, it takes a while. I'm often late. That's sad on social media. Okay, um, but here's the thing: we're dealing with all these instructions. My point is, there's an if factor to the whole thing, right? If you follow these instructions correctly, you will get the rewards of following the instructions, okay? So what, we, what we're looking at here is this, this is the same kind of setup. There's an if factor here. If, if one were to follow these instructions, there is nothing wrong with what's going on in Proverbs. There's nothing wrong with none of the instruction, none of the wisdom that is given here. There is nothing wrong with it at all. It's perfect. The law was perfect. Everything about it is perfect. There's something wrong with who's, who it's intended for. You get what I'm saying? The law is perfect, but it was created for uh, imperfect people. Okay? 
There, there's nothing wrong with it. And so what happens with this instruction is breathing forth a, a, a reward at the end of it. And you can see this. So follow me real quick. I'm going to just show you. If you got your Bibles open, I'm going to show you real quick. We're not going to dance around too far. We're going to stay right here in Proverbs. And we're just going to go. We're just going to run right back to, to where we started from Proverbs 4 to Proverbs 1. Watch the reward that stays consistent through this whole thing. In ours, we're dealing with Proverbs 4 at 22. For there are, they are life to those who find them. Help to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. You catch that? Let's go up a little bit. Go up to verse 13. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. You're going to see a pattern here. It's going to stay consistent. Watch this. Go up to five. Keep my commandments and live. You see this? Go over to, to three. 16. Verse 16. Long life is in her right hand. 18, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Man, we can keep on going all the way back to one. There's a reward at the end of this thing if you follow it through. There's a reward. So listen, here's the deal. You got to be able to follow this thing through to get the reward of it, right? If you want to follow the instructions or, or at your home, we're dealing with the board games or whatever. You got to follow the instructions so you can get the joy of playing it. You get the you, you follow the instructions to the T. You get the joy of beating your children, right? In the Monopoly or whatever you're playing, right? You get the joy of it, right? If you follow this thing to the T. Well, here's the problem. We already stated it. We cannot follow this thing to the T. We can't. The deception comes in when we think we can. That's where the deception comes in. We start, we start lying to ourselves, we start deceiving ourselves, and we start thinking we can. So I'm going I'm to go through some real quick. Here's the warning and the cautions. We were looking at them, right? Uh, I had a, I had a, a picture of this, this real quick. Uh, my, my mother has this macaroni. She, 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 it's, it's, I'm not here to sell my mom's macaroni, okay? I'm not here to do that, all right? What I'm saying is my mom's got macaroni that you might want to go try to sell, Okay? That's what I'm saying. She's got good macaroni, all right? Now, here's the deal. My mom has this macaroni, and when, my, when I got married and my brothers got married, well, my brother got married, here's what she wanted to do. All of a sudden, she had this urge where she was like, oh, snap, because she, no, she had no daughters, so she all, she, all she had was boys, so she was like, oh, I got to share my macaroni recipe with my daughter-in-laws. They got to carry on this thing. And so she shoots the, the, the ingredients to my wife. She shoots the ingredients to my brother's wife. And both my wife can cook. My, my brother, my, my sister-in-law can cook. That's, that's not a, a takedown on them. My mother just was amplified to make sure that her great macaroni goes forward. And so what she does is she sends us this list of instructions. It's, it's instructions. In the process of the instructions, you get um, one big do not in this list. It was one big do not in this list. Okay, my mom has a thousand cheeses in this thing. I kid you not. There's a thousand cheeses in her macaroni. That's what makes it so good. If you're not a cheese lover, I'm sorry. But this is some good stuff you're missing. She has this one big do not in there, though. And the do not is about the sauce, the cheese sauce. And she says, do not let the sauce sit. You have to keep stirring it. Do not let the sauce sit. Right? You go, oh, well, that's an instruction. That's an option. I'll, I'll, that's an option. Here's the problem. If you do not follow that instruction, that milk, cream, cheese, cream, whatever it is, that stuff will, what they call scorch, it will get scorched. 
And when it gets scorched, that whole dish full of 15 cheeses, which is expensive, okay? The pasta, that whole dish is now ruined. The whole shebang, it's over. There's no way you can bounce that back. There's no way you can make that work. You can't, you can't fix it. You can't, you, can't, you can't do it. Why did I bring my mom's macaroni up? Because I'm hungry. No. I brought it up because just like that, so is the law. So is this old law. So is the commandments of Je- things of Jesus, right? I mean, the things of, of the Bible, right? The commands and things like that. Just like that, if you screw up one, it's over. It's done. The wages of sin is death. That's it. Over finito. You cannot. It, it, there's no way you can say I lived them all and, and then, and then I, I messed this one up and oh, man, it's going to be all right. No, no. Here's, here's, here's how James words that. James chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of them all. That's, right. That's it. The wages of sin is death. That means, bang, whatever you, whatever you messed up on, man, the stones is coming out. It's a hard death. That's it. You can't screw up this thing. You can't screw up this thing. Perhaps you, you're still like, oh, man, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't believe that, man. I, I, I'm different. Man, I, you, know, you don't know my walk. You don't know how I am. Man, just, just check me out. The deception. Here it is. I can walk this out, man. I can do this. I can, I can be a better me by following these instructions. I can do this. Well, so here's what I'll submit to you. If that's your mindset, I'll submit to you this. There's a writer who wrote Proverbs. There's a writer here. His name is Solomon. He was the son of somebody you're probably already familiar with. He was the son of David, right? If you don't remember David, just think about David and Goliath, right? The the guy who killed the giant with the the stone, right? That's a very universal story a lot of people remember, right? Okay, here's the deal. David is a king has a son named Solomon who's a, who becomes a king. You, you might have, I think Vince, I think Vince had mentioned this a, uh, a few weeks back, uh, maybe last week probably, but uh, here's, the, here's the deal. He has this son who becomes the king, taking over, and what Solomon does is, well, God comes to Solomon and he says, look, ask me for what you want and I'll give it to you, and what Solomon asks for is wisdom, Okay? Here's the the trip off. Like, let me read it from you so you can see it. First Kings 310. This is this is for anybody who who's who's sitting there with their chest poked out right now. Like, I can do this. You don't know how I can keep the law. You don't know nothing about me. Watch. Watch what happens here. God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked for riches or for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked for. That was both riches and honor, so that there will, be, there will not be any among the kings like you in all your days. If you walk in, I think I can lift this up, right? This is, this is kind of difficult. 
Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave it. I'm just... <laughs> All right. Um, so if... Watch this if factor. Remember, we talking about the if factor. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. You see that if factor? Yeah. If you did. Now, God freely gave him the wisdom. He freely gave him riches. He freely gave him honor. But then he hit him with the if factor. If you walk in my ways, if you keep my statutes and my commandments, then I'll give you long life. Historians say that Solomon died about the age of 58 to 60, somewhere around there. It's not a long life. I honor it. I want to get there. But it's not a long life. What happened? What happened there? Solomon wrote Proverbs. He was a man of great wisdom. You don't got to take my word for it. Take the scripture. First King 10, 23. Let's see what he say. So King Solomon became greater than all the kings on the earth in riches and in wisdom. All the earth was seeking the presence of of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. See that? Solomon. Man of great wisdom. So what happened, Steve? I don't understand. What what, what, what happened here? You ain't got to go far. You go right on down to 11. It, It was almost there. Go right there. When you get to 11, watch what happens. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughter of the Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women. From the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the sons of Israel, you should not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. Turned his heart away from God. Now, what did God tell him? If you. Now, that's a man of wisdom. That's the man that wrote Proverbs. That's the man that wrote Ecclesiastes. That's the man that wrote Songs of Solomon. Why didn't wisdom keep him from turning away from God? Because wisdom in and of itself does not replace the giver of wisdom. Okay? That's my point here. Wisdom in and of itself is not going to replace the giver of wisdom. Solomon needed someone else. Solomon needed something else. Solomon needed what we all need. Something greater. Okay. He wrote this thing. You see it coming out, right? Oh, sons, hear my instructions. What about his son? Not long after his son took over the kingdom, his son was the cause of a great division between the children of Israel. Not because he had great wisdom, because he did a very foolish thing, and he actually rejected wisdom. See, if we try to do this thing, if you want to try to do this thing, you want to try to walk this out, you want to try it, that's how you find yourself in a state of deception, brother. 
That's how you find yourself in a state of deception, sister. We can't do it. We can't do it. And so we need the interception. We need something to come in and fix what we can't fix. We need something to get in there and change it, the situation, because we're all headed to death until someone intervenes or somebody or someone or something. I know I'm saying the same thing, but brother, just, just let me finish on with this Proverbs. <laughs> You'll understand why I'm getting excited. Okay, here we go. I'm not going to hold this too much longer. Here, here we go. Proverbs. Let's continue on. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter into the full day. So you see this turn here. He wants you to know that there's something else. There's a path of righteous, not just that. Right? And we just talked about Jesus, about the perception. Jesus wants you to see more than just the do nots. He wants you to see the things that you can do. But there's a trick to this one right here. If you go to Psalms 23, a lot of people know that. You don't have to go there, but I'm saying a lot of people know this. A lot of people can quote this by heart, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in the green pastures. He has me to lie down beside still waters, right? Okay, here's the, here's the beautiful part about it. He restores my soul and guides me into paths of righteousness for, a lot of people forget this part, for, my, for his name. Yeah, yeah, I just tried to do it your way. I reversed it. For his name's sake. He didn't do it for your name's sake. He did it for his name's sake. To God be the glory. That's why you hear these types of things, right? To God be the glory. There's a reason why he does this. He is the one that's going to lead you down the paths of righteousness. And he's the one that's doing it for his own glory. He's not doing it for us. He's got an end goal to this thing. You need him to do it. You need him to lead you. And it's all about him. So if that be the case, then why would this scripture change any in, the, in, that, in that format? If it's about him, then wouldn't the scripture still be about him? Yes. yes. I'm glad you said that. Yes. <laughs> yes. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put your de- the devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Listen. Romans 5 verse 6 writes this. For while we were still powerless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. There's something you got to realize about that, that at the right time. That's how interception works. You ever watch a football game? Huh? That's how interception works. At the right time. Right when you thought your team was going to lose. You, you, man, you, you thought it was over with. Then this interception comes. And when that moment hits, everybody jumps up. Whoever, you know, unless, unless it's your team that threw the interception, okay? Everybody else is up. Whoa! Did you see that? That's what we needed. That's what we needed, baby. That's what we do, right? At the right time, Jesus steps in. Right when we thought it was over, Jesus steps in and he strips sin. He strips Satan. 
He strips this world of the sting of sin, death, and the grave at the right time. At the right time. What does he do? I know I'm going to read one more thing. I'm going to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read it. It's pretty lengthy, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it's Isaiah 53. Because he had no violence, listen to this. His grave was assigned with wicked men. He was with rich men in his death. Because he had no violence, not was there any deceit in his mouth, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and he will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, will justify the many. As he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great and he will divide with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. That was Jesus, man. That's the great hymn there. That's the big hymn there, did you see? That was Jesus on our behalf, stepping in. When you look at these scriptures in Proverbs, there's no point of me looking at the, the sun as if it's really for me. There's a practicality. Yeah, I can practically walk these things and it might benefit me in some kind of way, but it's not really for me. Somebody had to come and walk this thing out for real. For me. Because I couldn't do it myself. Somebody came and got every promise that you saw in here. The promise of life, long life, longevity. And because of him, now I can get it through him. Because of him, you can now get that through him. You couldn't get it on your own. You needed him. Look at these words real quick. These words right here says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Last year, I got the opportunity to go to uh, Mexico. I did not save up enough money to make that trip. But I got to be there. Thank the Lord. I thank the Lord that me and my wife got to be there. There was a beautiful thing that happened while we was there. We were building this classroom for a lot of the children there, the orphanage um, there. And when we was finished with the building, everybody gathered around the front of it to take this picture. And we stood out there, and I remember, uh, they was getting ready to take the shot. And they said, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Where's the, where's the, where's the, where's the, where's the sign? And so they were scrambling around trying to find this sign, this little wood sign. And on this sign it said, EST.2019. You know what that means? Established 2019. They wanted to see, they wanted to put it on this building because the building was finished. And I remember we had a brother named Jeremy's. Jeremy's like extra tall for no reason. I don't know why. Okay. But Jeremy reached up there. He was like here and he tacked it into the wall. And that is where that sign will sit 
from here and until some forsaken piece of nature comes along and tears it away, I guess. But that is where it sits. And it says that this building was established 2019. That's what established means. So look at these look at these words again. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Whose ways? Whoever walks this thing out. His ways. You see, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus wasn't struggling to get away from the cross. He wasn't struggling. He wasn't fighting. Like, no, they didn't have to pry his arms to get it out there so they can nail into it. He willingly, willfully let his arm go out one way. Let his arm go out the other way. He let him take a nail into one. He let him take a nail into the other. He let him take a nail into his legs. He was nailed to a cross. And all his ways was established. That day. My friend. If you're watching this, if you're if you're sitting there and you're still thinking. I can do this thing. I'm telling you, you're stuck in a state of deception. If you're still thinking, I got to stay away from that thing because it's all about what I can't do. I'm telling you, you need Christ to come and help you change your perception. I'm hoping that everyone is standing there now thanking God for the great interception that happened. And he's still interceding on our behalf to this day. I thank God for Jesus Christ. The greatest gift to ever perceive mankind was Jesus. The Bible writes about him from Genesis to Revelation. Everything in here is about him. My prayer as we close up this series is that you look at that title, The Way to Wisdom, and you realize that Jesus, who came and made very bold statements, knew the way because he was the way. He made those statements knowing he was the way. He was the truth. He is the life. That reward we were talking about earlier, life, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. The way to get out of deception is truth. That's Jesus. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. In a nutshell, can I pray out? Is that okay? Father God, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. Father, if there be any out there who has not received this free gift that you have given each and every one of us. Father, I, I just ask you, Father, to move in their heart in a mighty way, Father, to move on their mindsets. Father, if there'll be any of us in this body that have been struggling with how to apply this into our lives because we just couldn't see that it was all through Christ and Christ alone, that is what we need. Father, then move that upon our hearts right now. 
strengthen us up and build us up, Father, that we can move forward for your glorious mission. Not based on what we can't do, but based on what we can do. And that is all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Father God, I thank you for this privilege, this time. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give or find out more about Love City Church, visit www.mylovecitychurch.org.